0: Hi everyone! Welcome to the Cult I Left Behind podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Briggs, and I'm here to tell you my stories of growing up in the IBLP cult, which you might know from the Duggar family.
1: And I'm your other host, Kyle Briggs. I'm Amanda's husband, and I have not heard most of these stories before, so stay tuned, and we'll all get traumatized together. All right, welcome back to the next episode. What do you have for us tonight, Amanda?
0: Well, we're going to talk about therapy and why it's bad, in fact, evil.
1: Well, therapy is
0: sin, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> How is therapy <laughs> sin? Because you don't need counselors, Kyle. You just need the word of God and Bill Gothard. Okay. Specifically Bill Gothard.
1: That's that was their pitch. Like
0: Well, okay. Alright. I have a lot of notes again. Okay. For this episode, I went back to research mode. I have pages. So I have articles from a site called Homeschoolers Anonymous. Like, I think it's more like a blog post. And then I have a couple from Recovering Grace. And then I also have an article from the Chicago Magazine from 2016. And a lovely graphic for counseling sexual abuse, according according to Bill Gothard. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we have a variety of sources for this episode, and I don't I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start because there's so much we could talk about. We could talk about like what I knew about evil counseling therapy, you know, secular psychologists, just from home life growing up, we could talk about my biological father's very specific stance on psychology. We could talk about Bill Gothard. We could talk about other people's stories with Bill Gothard. Like the options are kind of endless, but the bottom line is it's bad. So I got a curveball
1: for you instead. Oh great. So like so after everything you went through.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Like obviously having therapy
0: Yes. After
1: having gone through all the abuse he went through would have been helpful God, and yes. productive.
0: Like back when it was Yeah, like when it was fresh, happening or yeah.
1: Yeah, like right afterwards. Um so why didn't you get therapy?
0: Oh, cuz it wasn't allowed. I asked for therapy actually. Mhm. Well, we were only oh gosh. So there's like therapy, which is evil, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's Christian counseling, which is still not great, but better. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, certified Christian counselors, mm-hmm. yeah, who I have a lot of feelings about. So I don't were, think they're all, like e- like, evil, bad people. Yeah. I just think that a lot of their practices are actually very harmful, and I can get into that later. So were you even offered that? Like- no, no, no. Because counselors are mandatory reporters. Like, oh. actual... Licensed counselors are mandatory reporters of certain things, including child sex assault. So if I had gone to therapy ever as a minor and talked about what happened to me, that individual would have had to report or risk losing their license if it ever came out that they knew and didn't report it to the authorities. So
1: this may be speculation, but like, do you think that's why your bio parent's wouldn't let you go to therapy or was it just just like cult no therapy
0: well it was a combination of both because i have an email from rick in which he states he didn't want the family name to be smeared Mm -hmm. so they were very much aware i think because because rick has a bachelor's degree in psychology believe it or not did you know that i did okay so he i think he knows Mm-hmm. And he knew at the time what would happen mm-hmm. if I, as a minor spoke, or if anyone in any position of um, authority or as a mandatory reporter found out. yeah, like it would it would turn into a legal investigation. So I think there was that piece. There was also the piece that, like, Bill actually teaches that everything around mental health just comes back to like your character and the four fears. Okay, what are the four fears? Fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of poverty, and fear of death. Oh, and also if you leave the church, it's because you're mentally ill. Oh, okay. So we're both like super mentally (laughs) ill, Kyle. (laughs) Well, I could have told you that. (laughs) So
1: so it sounds like the cult might have been just playing that to their advantage that like, well – We can sweep all this stuff under the rug if we teach therapy is bad because then nobody will be going to counselors, which they won't be going to mandatory reporters, which then the cat never gets out of the bag.
0: So, all right. I have decided tentatively slash maybe permanently (laughs) that this is all a lot more sinister than I initially thought.
1: Because I initially thought, yeah,
0: like I – Growing up and then as an adult for a long time, I thought it was just like Bill Gothard, this super misled person who decided to propagate his strange ideology. Okay, then all the sexual assault allegations start coming up and they are minors and there's harassment and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, he is a malicious, twisted person. Like this is a pattern of abuse over decades. Like you cannot deny that this guy is evil. Yeah, like, I mean, real messed up.
1: It's, he's devious. Yeah. And I, you know, he could just be, like, a really horrible person. But I think there's also, like, people, you know, you tell one lie, and then you gotta have a lie to cover up the lie, and then, like, it just keeps snowballing. And so it could also be that, like, you know, he he was trying to hide one thing, and then it just, like, well, kept going and over maybe. the course of, like, 40 years or whatever it maybe. is. Maybe.
0: But then I read this, this post prepping for the episode today mm-hmm. and it was written by a guy who attended some conference that Bill at which Bill spoke i think after i think this guy was after um yes after bill had already had to step down cuz of all the allegations mm-hmm. okay and some uh ministry in little rock arkansas total outreach for christ ministry still had him come speak like this dude who's got a trial pending about sexual assault of minors, <laughs> et cetera. So they still had him come speak. So this guy who wrote the article went and listened to Bill and wrote a whole big thing, like analyzing it. And at the end, his conclusion was, I don't think Bill even buys this. It's just the soup he's serving, mm-hmm. that he's been serving forever. He has an agenda. It is malicious. It's malicious. Like he just wants power and control.
1: And Maybe we've talked money. about
0: that. Oh, and money. Oh, because he closed the whole thing with a prosperity gospel thing and this. <laughs> so, so we know and we've talked about this in previous episodes. The guy is just power hungry, wants to control the government, and he likes his money and his jets and his properties and his cabins and his everything. So this individual's conclusion was that Bill knows what he's saying is total bullshit. He just keeps serving it.
1: I mean it's very easy to believe that. Because I
0: think I I think there are some cult leaders who are like fully bought in with their ideology, no matter how
1: straight up crazy. Yeah, like like objectively crazy it is. Yeah. And he could just be objectively like very devious and malicious, or he could just be very greedy. Like, well, there's a lot of ways to see go. None of them are good.
0: Well, remember the shiny happy people episode where the one woman went to like visit him and he was praying, but she looked up and he was just watching, watching her. her Yeah, that was and she was grumpy. like, yeah. And then and then I, I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are enough stories like that, including this guy from the article this week that demonstrates Bill's just Bill's just a bad dude and he knows what he's saying is dumb. And doesn't make sense. And he's just going to keep saying it until mm-hmm. he dies. Yeah. Ugh. So the four fears. <sighs> yeah, that's a whole thing. So did I answer your question? I think so. so. So the question,
1: I guess we could circle back to that. So the question was, <laughs> did you get any counseling or therapy?
0: No, not until I went and got it on my own. My second year away at college. I started group therapy, Mm -hmm. and when I went home for – so I started it in January, went home for spring break in March, confronted my parents about how they handled everything when I was a kid. That was when they freaked out, told me I was selfish for dragging it all back up, and made me leave the group, apologize to the group for saying anything wrong about my parents or family ever, Uh, tell them I was wrong to do that. And then leave the group where I would lose my health insurance. And then they let me go to a Christian counselor that they had to like vet Mm -hmm. before I could see her.
1: So even like support groups weren't allowed.
0: No, because they were led by a a psychologist, Kyle, and, and we can't have that secular influence. In our lives, that's that's deep stuff. That's dealing with the heart and mind.
1: So, would you would you have been allowed to go to just like a a self run support group that's just like you know ten people all with the same you know common issue or
0: thing with no facilitator? To
1: well, I mean, maybe not a licensed counselor. Like, well, a support again, group, like-, like as
0: an adult or as a minor. Because remember, as a minor, everything is reportable. Are you talking about like when I was in college?
1: Just in general, like in the cult, what was the stance like? On support groups i guess
0: um i don't know if it actually addresses that anything i've researched or looked into it was more just that like any mental health issue issue so if you are experiencing depression or anxiety or schizophrenia or you know anything (laughs) um it's it's some like root of bitterness or one of the four fears or some some character issue oh someone in here talks about this um
1: So they were basically just saying, like, everything can be handled internally with the church or through some sort of church. Your
0: parents, primarily. Okay. Like, yeah, you have to be under authority. And then Bill Bill would tell his victims who had experienced sexual assault and stuff that he, the harassing jackass, like, they, they couldn't go to... Um, these young women couldn't go see a counselor. They would ruin them. But God had told him how to counsel young abused women. So he <laughs> oh. could counsel young abused women the fuck tart. All right, this is apparently gonna be another episode where I swear a lot. Um, I kind of just want to like read some of this go stuff for it. because I want to see your face. Oh, okay. And I feel really bad for everyone who can't see your face. Okay.
1: <laughs> One day we'll maybe do video.
0: Okay. So. Um, This is from the guy who attended the 2016 thing in Little Rock where Mm -hmm. Bill spoke. He says, Gothard insists the true way to conquer mental illness is through light. More powerful than sunlight, Gothard informs his audience is the word of God. So the word of God is more powerful than sunlight. As in like, the sun mm-hmm. around which we orbit. In other words, Gothard is equating the effects of sunlight on individuals with conditions like sad seasonal affective disorder with reading and studying the Bible. So you don't need <laughs> you don't need your light lamps and such. You just need to read and study the Bible more. Oh, but it gets better. Okay. Did you have something to say first?
1: Well, I was curious, with all that being said, I know in one of the previous episodes we talked about. Where at some of these conferences they would like lock people in rooms with Bibles.
0: Oh, and- at not at the conferences at the training centers. At the training centers. Yes,
1: was that part of that whole thing? Pro- where, probably. Like, yeah. they Whatever were, issue you're working through, like we're just gonna lock
0: you in a room with a Bible yeah, and figure it out. You just need the Word of God, okay. not vitamin D. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> then, oh, okay. He Bill claims that young people are leaving the Christian church and high rates in recent years due to mental illness. But there is a cure for that in the Bible. He claims the serotonin uh, is the solution. It's called the happy hormone. If we're happy, we're rejoicing. But if our serotonin gets low, and we have thoughts of suicide mental problems, because it's involuntary, apparently, it just means that we are not getting enough serotonin from rejoicing. And real Christians (laughs) have high serotonin levels. But, he says, those levels can drop off if we don't meditate constantly. So if you're a real Christian, you have high serotonin levels because you meditate constantly. Oh, but it gets better. Your face is doing exactly what I hoped it would. So Bill also teaches that we all have inner reins, like horse reins, okay, Mm -hmm. which control our moral choices. And he defines the moral reins as our intestinal tract. <laughs>
1: That's not where I thought this was going. Oh, it
0: gets better. Okay. Um, and if you take antidepressants or any other mental health medication, those drugs have deep damage to your reins, your intestines, and the rest of your body. So he equates. And this is all still from the guy who attended the the Little Rock um conference, conference, seminar thing. So Bill equates heart with intestines, and that's about as close as we get to a definition of our reigns, according to Bill. And one's faith must begin in the intestines, apparently, rather than the mind, because the heart, not the mind.
1: It's amazing how much he will like bring in science. Into what extent he wills. like, and then it so doesn't he's make sense. Bringing in serotonin,
0: okay, and, and then like, serotonin controls the four fears. Oh, so geez. our serotonin levels control uh, the fear of oh, because oh, they're now gut fears, the four gut fears. Okay, rejection, failure, poverty, and death, and serotonin controls. The levels of those fears.
1: I mean, it's just weird that, like, he's bringing science into this. And, and just enough, like, yeah. there's enough, just enough truth. Like, there is some truth in there. A little bit.
0: We need serotonin. We
1: need serotonin. It does affect things like, can you get that from meditating? Probably. Like, if. Maybe. It, like, I don't know. Depending on what, you know, it's a possibility. Uh-huh. But, like, he th- makes it so black and white. It's just like. This is how you get serotonin and, and what happens if you don't meditate on God and, and you're in, you're, you're right with God, then your are serotonin, like all that stuff where like it goes down and then, you know, the world spirals out of control kind of thing. It's just crazy.
0: Okay. So serotonin does rise in response to meditation, but that's like meditation as a concept. He's talking right. about you must meditate on the word of God and it only works if you do it day and night. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I remember trying to do that as a kid. It was so hard because you're like trying to do school or some other tasks, but you're like, or, or some other task, but you're like, am I meditating enough right now in this moment? Because Bill said you can do everything while constantly talking to God. Until you fall asleep from the moment you wake up till when you go to sleep. And that's what I
1: mean. It's like, there's just enough truth in what he's saying that it's believable, but he always throws this crazy twist on there. It's just like, that. where did, where did you come up with
0: that? Okay. And then he says that you have to have a prayer list. I forgot about the prayer list. Oh my gosh. Um, if you delight in God's word day and night, whatever you do will prosper. According to Bill. And he will say that it's all over his freaking website and stuff. He's like, well, if you do this, everything you do will prosper. Or or he'll talk about like one of his, you know, groups, his power groups. Yeah. He's got this power group thing currently. I haven't looked into it yet, but it specifically says on his website that everything they do will prosper because they are like meditating and rejoicing constantly. (laughs) Like, okay. All right.
1: I'm going to start meditating on winning the lottery.
0: Yeah. And let's see. Oh, and at that seminar thing in 2016, Bill told the attendees that he has gained access or he had gained access to a mental health facility and was trying all of his techniques out on the mentally ill. So nobody panicked, but that's a thing that happened.
1: Human trials.
0: Oh, okay, so then we go to Recovering Grace. There's an article. This one goes back to 2011, so people have been talking about this for a long time. But at the time, back then, on BillGothard.com, under the section What I Teach, and I looked, it's not still there, um, He states he stated that mental health problems are caused by guilt. So guilt is the main reason people feel stress, which develops into mental dysfunction, such as depression or anxiety. And finding the root of the problem. Oh, my God, the number of times I heard root growing up. The root of bitterness. The root of the problem. The root. If you find the root, you can fix it, and that will alleviate guilt, and then your mental health problem will be solved because you will have experienced moral freedom.
1: Is he, like, trained in any of this stuff no. at all? Like, no. it's one thing to have an opinion on it, and then it's one thing to, you know, go out and teach – this that like he understands the the human mind and how
0: all these things well are god revealed together. it to him kyle oh. especially because they're like buds <laughs> oh yes <laughs> so Clearly. um also if you have painful memories it's caused by an incorrect response to an offense it's your fault oh. <laughs> it's your fault because you didn't respond to the offender right i was properly i was
1: like side note, like doing research on on stuff to post for social media, and yeah. ended up reading one of the wisdom booklets. And the,
0: no, don't. it was it's, just it's like a future episode. <laughs> what is going it's going future- on here? No, you told me about no. Oh, okay. When we get to that episode, I'm going to have to talk about a conference I was speaking at once. And I, I was sitting in on someone else's session mm-hmm. and that whole thing came up and I was like, well, I'm having a trauma reaction and I get to go speak in front of hundreds of people in like 15 minutes. This is great.
1: <laughs> it's just the it's uh, all this stuff like you can see it even in like the, the books that he's oh, published. Yeah. Like it's all baked
0: in there. Oh, yeah. So, all right, yeah, the painful memories are caused by incorrect response to an offense. And you have to learn, Kyle, you have to learn why God allowed hurtful events to happen. And then you have to thank him for allowing them to happen. And I used to do that about being raped. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, the next step to resolve painful memories, um, oh, you have to discover the benefit of the offense. Oh. Yeah, and then you have to bless and forgive the offender, bless them, um, and also ask forgiveness for our own offenses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you I need to be what, more verbal because your face is amazing. know the benefit could be of
1: your friend getting murdered or whatever. <laughs> right? Like,
0: exactly. Well, they're um,
1: gone now, but, like, it's a good thing.
0: So then he quotes a psychiatrist who, who's been debunked. Um, this guy, like, made a bunch of claims a long time ago. I think back in the 60s. That, and, and this psychiatrist supposedly, again, this has been debunked, demonstrated that um, what we call mental illness – and like schizophrenia and so on, is not mental illness at all. It's varying degrees of irresponsibility. Okay. Because if we allow ourselves to act irresponsibly, we will soon begin to think incoherently. This has all been debunked, okay? But Bill is still teaching it. It's fine. I'm surprised uh,
1: he didn't take like the demon possessed route there.
0: Oh, that comes up. Don't worry. We're going to get to demons. Don't worry. We're going to get to demons. (laughs) Um, All right. So then in November of 2011, some, oh, where was this from? There was a reporting agency that, that, Quoted him. I'm trying to find this. There was an agency that quoted Bill as saying that ATI IBLP was counseling thousands of people, and many of them had already been counseled by a psychiatrist, and they were getting worse. But of course, under Bill, they were getting better. Oh, of course. Because they get down to the root of the problem and then they they find out why they're having the problem. We don't focus on demons, although they are real. I told you we'd get to demons um they focus we focus on the person's will and when they have the the will to get free from these things that are destroying their lives then they achieve freedom and you know you just you're irresponsible and you don't have enough willpower people (laughs) so throw your medicine out read the bible more and blame yourself for everything just everything oh this makes me so mad i was so pissed off after researching for this episode so pissed off. I mean, it's you were there, so, Kyle. <laughs> you it's <just> saw so
1: <laughs> asinine. Like he, all of it. I just can't get over how manipulative he is. Like he's like masterful at combining a, a minimal amount of truth into something, and and manipulating scripture or ideologies mm-hmm. or anything, and then making false promises and using lies like i mean if you didn't know any better and you read this organization about like i mean all that you just said it made it sound like they've kind of got like this internal counseling system within their church within the cult within the cult i mean church Mm. (laughs) iblp Mm -hmm. that You know, you're gonna get good help. Like if you have mental health conditions, like you would get good help. And so
0: Yeah, we'll get to a case of that too, with an encouragement
1: case. It's just like I can see why there were so many people that got wrapped up in this. Because of the lies and like the false promises Mm -hmm. and and all these radical statements that he's making that are based on just enough truth.
0: And then one of the things I really like about this article, which again is from Recovering Grace. Is it, it there's another quote from Bill saying it's so easy to say the devil made me do it. We want to have a person deal with their own responsibility, not blaming their parents, not blaming the devil. And then Recovering Grace says, despite his statement above, for many years, Gothard has blamed inanimate objects for troubles with behavior, thinking and health. <laughs> oh, no. See, Cabbage it's Patch. dolls. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> And the troll doll and rock music, and uh, mm-hmm. he's just so hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Anyways, then there's another Recovering Grace article, this time from 2013. The author's family was an ATI, and Bill's teaching on mental illness is like we've said, it's it's caused by irresponsibility or some character deficiency. So this young woman at the time was hospitalized for two and a half months after an episode where like she couldn't sleep for 5 days and felt like she was in an alternate universe and she had hallucinations and paranoia and her her parents took her to see a spiritual warfare counselor okay yep, yep. who often worked with IBLP at that time and um like it was just humiliating and shameful and he made her dredge up like anything that could be going on that caused bitterness or or guilt you know everything she said it, it was just so awful and humiliating and she had to do that for a week like sit there and think of any like sin that mm-hmm. could be causing you know these mental health episodes and of course, that guy told her parents all sorts of horrible stuff about her and her character. And then they got her more Christian counseling Um and decided it was rebellion. Rebellion was causing this, as per usual. Rebellion. <laughs> she uh, and she was like – The problem was like I was never a rebellious kid. I feel like I really connect with this individual. So – after she got back from that two and a half months to in the hospital because of, like, the sleeping – being unable to sleep and everything, her father uh, – oh, no. Well, her father told everyone, like, what was going on with her. There was no privacy. It was real bad. At the, so that caused another ATI father, like another ATI man, to call the house. She happened to pick up the phone, and he wanted to know which principle had been violated for her to have these mental health issues, you know, the seven basic principles. Mm-hmm. So – she um she said she remembered Bill Gothard's teachings on mental illness as having one of the three root causes greed, lust, or bitterness. And she didn't know what to say because she didn't feel greedy or lustful. So she was just like, I just went with bitterness because I didn't know <laughs> what else to do. <laughs> and then this this dude, the audacity. Oh. So this guy agreed that it was definitely bitterness. He had also arrived at that conclusion. And um, he -hmm. wanted to know how God had miraculously healed her. And she was like, well, I was confused because I I wasn't healed and I knew it. Um, And the guy was adamant and reprimanded her and told her, do you mean to tell me that after all the prayer on your behalf, you don't have an answer to prayer? Wow. Like – yeah. Did this dude even know this I lady? don't know. He's just another ATI. Like, this is typical ATI male That's behavior. very nosy. Oh, gosh, yes. Like, super invasive and then yes. making a ton of assumptions. Then, you should have attended prayer meetings.
1: And then it was just very selfish on his part to even, like, go down that road.
0: Yeah. So then they took her to Knoxville. Her parents took her to the Knoxville Annual Conference and tried to get counseling from the people there. Um And she has it like in quotes, those counseling students, she called them the poor counseling students didn't know what to make of me. They sent her home with sleep psalms, like Mm -hmm. the book of psalms Mm -hmm. from the Bible, particularly Psalm three and four. And they said, you know, read them and trust the Lord and he will help you sleep. So she was sent to Indianapolis as an encouragement case and then started having episodes again. She tried to use. Oh, yeah. She tried to use like the chain of command and umbrella of authority to like get help, of course that didn't work. Um she had to like fight her thoughts and take them captive. Have you ever heard of taking your thoughts captive or is that I a don't cult think thing? So. Yeah, you have to like take your bad thoughts captive
1: I mean it sounds like just trying to control your thoughts yeah
0: but it's like there's a lot more like guilt and shame and blame and you're going to hell and why mm -hmm. aren't you better and probably demons mixed in with it it's a whole concept and then um, so her mom had to come get her so she was taken to another counselor who checked her for demons and declared her clean
1: (laughs) oh no (laughs)
0: She had to be checked for demons, Kyle, because this is normal. This is this was normal, though. You don't understand. Like, this was normal.
1: So you were aware of this, like, as a kid?
0: Oh, yeah. Demon possession was, like, an ever-looming threat.
1: Did you ever, like, see? Like, did they do, like, ceremonies? Was there anything to, like, try to cleanse people or whatever? Ah, uh, like, there that- was, like,
0: the laying on of hands okay. and casting out of demons. Mm-hmm. That was normal. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's
1: the whole thing is very weird. And I mean, even even a guy like saying, well, there was a lot of people praying for you. Like, why aren't you better? Like, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I don't know what to say. I say crazy a lot. Like, all of it just seems crazy.
0: Yes. So bottom line with her, just to sum up her story, is she went through a lot of asinine shit, and it turns out there was a perfectly reasonable medical issue going on with her that was treated and resolved and she moved oh, the on prayer with her life worked. <laughs> you know they got those demons <laughs> out of her <sighs> and then oh here this 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 answers your question. So the article in Chicago Magazine from 2016, it's talking about the lawsuit against Bill. So this is a quote from that article. The lawsuit claims that Gothard, who holds no medical degree, provided therapeutic counseling according to his own whims.
1: Oh, I didn't think about the legal portion there mm-hmm. where he's
0: mm-hmm. –
1: especially if he was taking money for it, which I don't know what he was I don't, doing. Well, like, I
0: don't know about that part, like for – I I don't don't think for, like, private sessions with him, but you had to pay to be part of ATI. I'm
1: just – yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that angle of, like, him providing medical services, whether they're paid or not, Mm -hmm. without a license.
0: And there's all sorts of other stories about, like – Doctors he brought in who had lost their licenses due to malpractice and having them like perform corrective surgeries <laughs> on his harem because they had like a gap in their teeth and that was a distraction and what? yeah oh yeah yeah it's a it's a whole wow, the, it's never to ending we're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to touch of, on that okay later. so um continuing with the article one of its most dramatic allegations the lawsuit involves a young woman on staff who asked for guidance on dealing with the emotional fallout of having been raped at age 11 by someone not in IBLP. The suit alleges Gothard discouraged the staffer from seeking outside psychological treatment. And he told her, no, a professional counselor would ruin you and all your potential to serve the Lord. Professional counselors do not know how to work with abused girls. Only I do author decided not to report the rape to authorities based on the flip of a coin the suit claims wow. i can see that i can totally see that
1: like what like what benefit does he actually get from that power and control i guess i mean it's not like it makes it wouldn't make any difference to him whether that well lady it was people who were with,
0: aligned with his organization who were being harmed mm, right know. but
1: like the perpetrator wasn't part wasn't of his part orders. of IDLP. So like it wouldn't have play it wouldn't have been, you know, dirt on him mm-hmm. for that to come out because the perpetrator wasn't affiliated with mm-hmm. IBLP, and so like he's literally just saying that to power like power and control, power and control, or like to his control. own horn, or to like that's just well that's say what predators that he's got and all the want, yeah,
0: and and I mean he's a narcissist, so wow. So then we have a graphic from IBLP called Counseling Sexual Abuse. It is 10 parts. Okay. Let us talk through them. The first is a subgraphic, and it is called The Parts of Our Being, and it's concentric circles. The innermost one is your spirit, and then you have your mind, will, and emotions. And somewhere in there, you also have your soul and body. This graphic doesn't actually make sense the way graphs are supposed to work. I saw this so many times growing up. That's funny. Okay, so you are comprised of spirit, soul and body, which is not how everyone views humans. That's that's a bill thing that he splits soul and spirit. I think there mm-hmm. there's a trichotomist and a dichotomist you know, and all that philosophy. Anyways, philosophical stuff, but just because Bill says we're body, soul, and spirit doesn't mean that there is agreement that that is what human beings are. Mm -hmm. But anyways, move on to number two. Which part is the most important, Kyle? Which part? What's your guess? Oh, and which is the least important?
1: I would say your body's the least important. Oh, that's also what he would say. That's important.
0: definitely what Bill would say. Well, that's
1: say. what I'm saying. That's not what
0: I. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying and then, that's what he oh, would we say. have to look up this Bible verse. I don't like doing this. I've but actually
1: never heard this tricolor. 2 Corinthians
0: thing. 4. Let's see what that says. Um, Let's use the NIV just to be really rebellious because that is the worst translation. Bill does not approve of this. Or should we use the King James Version because that's what he would have used. I'm going to be traumatized. Let's look at the King James Version. The new King James Version is like Satan wrote it, just so you know. Oh. Okay, so we're supposed to specifically look at – oh, good grief. Like a – chapter 4 verse 6 to chapter 5 verse 8 we're not looking at all of that <laughs> um so basically to summarize uh this doesn't really
1: that doesn't surprise me
0: uh, he's just he's just pulling shit out of thin air I mean, you could loosely say this has something to do with the topic at hand, but, like, okay. Chapter five gets a little better. At least it's talking about bodies a bit and, like, housing our soul. Anyways, the bottom line is your body is important, Kyle. Whatever happens to your body is, like, eh, as long as your spirit's okay. Mm -hmm. All right, so part three. What... Did the offender damage, and what parts do we damage with bitterness and guilt?
1: I assume they're talking. He's talking about like, did they bot damage your body because that doesn't matter, and like, but the bitterness uh-huh. comes from your spirit, which yes. you could control. Yep. And
0: so then, part four, Kyle. Why did God let it happen? Let's let's look at some ideas. Is
1: this is where you're supposed to put a pause. Result thing,
0: right? of defrauding by immodest dress. Indecent exposure, being out from protection of our parents, or being with evil friends. That's why you got raped. It was one of those things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just want to say, I don't know that I ever heard the word defrauding in church.
0: Okay, good. At all. Good. I'm glad. I
1: don't think that was normal terminology. No,
0: this this is bullshit. Okay, five. Is there any guilt for disobedience, for not reporting it? Because failing to report it allows others to also be abused, even though Bill just, you know, decides randomly he's not gonna report it, even though it's a minor. But we also weren't supposed to we were supposed to forgive. This is so confusing. Anyways, um, you clear guilt by confessing to God, and then you're supposed to explain to the sexual assault victim that they have um Potentially received a moral vaccination and a test of genuine love by casting out fear for marriage. It's like I grew up in this shit, and this shit doesn't make sense to me.
1: <laughs> Where well, how did marriage come uh, into play the, there?
0: Yeah, because sex, because, because oh. yeah, now you have to be healed for for marriage so that you can do your wifely duty. Okay. <laughs> i can't i can't even with number six here's what number six says okay as, as you counsel sexual assault survivors mm-hmm. uh-huh if the abused was not at fault why does that fucking sentence exist
1: <laughs> why does it start with if
0: if <laughs> if the abused was not at fault Okay, well then here's what you get if you're not at fault for your own rape. Okay. Or sexual assault. God will compensate physical abuse with spiritual power. Also, and this was a literal, like this is a question I remember being asked and and seeing in curriculum. Would you rather be mighty in spirit or not have been sexually abused?
1: I do. That's what you were gonna say.
0: And, okay, so here's what the rest of section six says. What is being mighty in spirit? Greater faith, spiritual discernment, genuine love, wisdom and understanding, creativity, energy, enthusiasm, joy, inner peace. You want some inner peace? Get raped. Like, sorry, that was not trauma-informed. I am so mad right now that my sarcasm – so like as a reminder, I have been sexually assaulted. I was raped by my older brother. This is very – personally infuriating okay. this to is, me
1: <laughs> it's a podcast so we're not providing therapy here
0: i normally try to be very trauma-informed <laughs> talking about this but i also think that other survivors will appreciate my anger because this is I, bullshit yeah
1: i mean it's crazy <gasps> the angle there and it and i would generalize a statement that like that is one way you could view what happened to you. Like that is a positive thing you could take away. That like it created some sort of
0: resilience,
1: resilience or whatever. Like, but that's totally up to that and person. You do to decide not start
0: that. there no, in counseling. But you wouldn't
1: tell that to somebody either. Oh, you wouldn't say like, "Oh, it's great you were beat, raped." You know, starved, starved, whatever. Lost your parents. Like, you wouldn't. <laughs> you know, that's not for you to tell somebody else. That's, that's a discovery those
0: you make on your right. own as you heal and you go like, wow. And I did get there. I right. got there in my twenties when I was like, it sucks how I got mentally tough, but I'm I'm a very mentally tough, resilient person now, and I can do whatever I want with that. Like that's mm-hmm. that's mine to use. Yeah,
1: but it's crazy that like he. He took that on himself and said, like, I'm going to push this ideology on somebody. It's like, Mm -hmm. it was great that happened to you. Like, look at all these wonderful things that you now have because these horrible things happened to you. Like. I I just can't believe that, like, that's the stance he took. Like, I'm going to force these positive emotions onto somebody that experienced very negative actions. That's Bill. I guess.
0: Welcome to ATI
1: <laughs>
0: IBLP. Oh, and then you're supposed to use Daniel as an example. I he don't he was that one. made a eunuch, which is extreme abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Um, but he had wisdom and understanding, and was a counselor to four kings. <laughs> so let's just sugar <laughs> so coat, Silver lining this, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Oh, and then eight, Kyle. Section eight. Uh, Daniel was seven. Section 8, if you had to choose, no physical abuse or mighty in spirit, what would you choose, Kyle? (laughs) Fuck this shit. Oh, and then 9, reason for bitterness. He damaged your body. Important step, dedicate your body to God. What does that
1: mean? What are you supposed to be doing with your body to God?
0: Well, if it's God's body and not your body, then I guess it can get raped and it doesn't matter.
1: Oh, (laughs) I don't like it's so like the underlying message there is so vague and confusing of like, what is he implying with that statement? Because it's not clear.
0: Oh, well, well, section 10, final section, prayer to dedicate body to God. Let's see what this says. Place yourself on his altar to serve him. Forgive offender, turn over to God for his discipline, or ask God to pardon, like Stephen from the Bible. Regain surrendered ground, cleanse with ramas.
1: Oh, the ramas have made their appearance <laughs> again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And you've surrendered the ground of your heart to Satan, so you best be reclaiming that shit with some Ramos. <laughs> oh. I I I liked these episodes a lot better when I could drink.
1: <laughs> this well, one's pretty crazy. Like, some of this stuff is it's out there.
0: Some of it?
1: Well, more, more so than other out parts there? of it. All, I mean, all of it is crazy, but some of it is...
0: Especially, especially,
1: hideous. yeah.
0: I don't like Bill. <laughs> also, like on a more serious note, I did have some of these counseling techniques used with Rick and Chris. Mm-hmm. And if you are someone who listens to this and you grew up with people in your life who use these tactics against you, like I am, so sorry you had to go through that. That that is wrong, and I want to iterate as clearly and impactfully and as I can that abuse is never the survivor's fault. Never under any circumstances is it the survivor's fault. And this, for those of us who grew up being told, you know, things like if the abused was not at fault, you are not at fault. You are never at fucking fault. You were never at fucking fault. But for those of us who grew up with that wording and the that ideology just so normalized, I know I had to wrestle through that as a as a young adult figuring out like, oh, it wasn't my fault. Like, holy shit. That's that's life-changing. So if you are also someone who grew up being told all of this nonsense about counseling sexual abuse by Bill Gothard, just know it was wrong. You never should have been told those things. This is not grounded in reality. It is not grounded in in proper therapeutic practice. It It is completely just Bill Gothard bullshit that he pulled out of his ass one day and started teaching. And you're not alone. And I'm really mad. And if you're really mad, we can be really mad together. <laughs> For real, though.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure even outside of IBLP that like. Oh, yeah. I know there's, you know. I don't want to make it seem like we're just Christian bashing. Um,
0: I will it, Bill Gothard bash.
1: Oh, I mean, all day. definitely. But I'm. Just, my point is that like there's a there's a weird, very to me very gray line between spiritual counseling and actual medical like their therapy mm-hmm. um, and there's, a, there's specific cases where you would go to a, a pastor or preacher or youth minister if or that whatever. That's something you believe in. Right. Like in a, in a church scenario, mm-hmm. like there are, times where that's where you go get advice and wisdom. And then there's Mm -hmm. other times where there's like an actual licensed medical practitioner that deals with that stuff.
0: And, and psychologists are not medical doctors. Psychiatrists go through, they're Mm -hmm. the ones who can prescribe medications and stuff. Psychologists are, are still, you know, they're not medical doctors, but they're, you know, highly trained in Mm -hmm. human psychology and how all of that works
1: yeah so I, my point was just that like there's a time and place to yeah to get so if information you're like really a both Christian
0: those. and you're struggling in your marriage and you're like, I want to try talking to our pastor, you're tra- you're talking about like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff like I want to go to our pastor and yeah. talk about like biblical marriage concepts and and let them counsel. And, like, that's fine. If that is if that yeah. is your I, I, worldview and everything, that's great. Yeah. But if it's like, oh, my, my partner is, you know, they, they have, like, a diagnosable condition or they are a really toxic narcissist who is harming you. Like, there are going to be times when a pastor – like, I, I went to seminary for a while. Like, they do get some – like Christian counselors, pastors, well, not Christian counselors. Let's let's stay focused on pastors. Pastors can choose to take electives in counseling where they actually learn psychological principles, counseling techniques, all that kind of stuff. But keep in mind that their the focus of their degree was preaching, hermeneutics, outreach and evangelism, like not psychology. Mm-hmm. So if you have a really complex situation that you are dealing with, there is going to be a limit to that pastor's capability to help. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. That is okay. That is not like if they wanted to be a counselor, they would have gone to counseling school and gotten a right, counselor I mean, two
1: different games. They're, yeah, they're playing two different games,
0: yeah, and it's it's okay. You can and I have back when I attended church, I would go to pastors. I would mm-hmm. and and in the military I talked to chaplains multiple times. Um and and there is there is a time and place for that. I guess my point is someone who deeply believes in in the healing power of like good therapy with a highly qualified practitioner don't just limit yourself to pastors and recognize that you know there is Just, it's a totally okay limit to their capabilities because they didn't choose to go down the psychology route. They went down the pastoral route with their education.
1: I'm curious how many other people that are in the religious sphere, whether that's pastors or youth ministers or whatever, have offered like such horrible advice. Oh, please do tell us. Like, (laughs) I mean, so well, that we're happened talking- in the
0: military too. We, oh gosh, there were chaplains. <laughs> I had friends who were sexually assaulted who went to the chaplains. And I'm not saying all chaplains are bad. My adoptive dad was a military chaplain and he was really great. And he went and got, I think he got another degree in counseling in mm-hmm. addition to his master of divinity. So, but this one chaplain told my friend, um, well, what were you wearing? He asked her that. Oh,
1: see, that's what I was curious yeah. about. Like, cause you were saying, you know, if you grew up in the IBLP cult and you experienced all of this horrible ideology around you know, that's, advice, that's you're getting Christian from,
0: culture, unfortunately, well, a lot. That,
1: yeah, that was kind of where I was getting at. Is just like I wonder how pervasive that is outside of the cult and just in religious institutions where they're, you know, people are coming to them with legitimate, you know, mm-hmm. mental crises or yeah. issues, and they're getting Trauma. very religious oriented. Advice yeah. instead of like, hey, you might. Here's the religious take on that, mm-hmm. uh, in a non-radical way, and mm-hmm. maybe you're outside of my wheelhouse here, and you should also go seek professional help from you know a, a licensed therapist. And like, how often does that happen that they're not staying in their lane?
0: I, I mean, anecdotally the stories I have are just horrendous. Um, And again, like I said, there are folks who do a better job with that. Like Mm -hmm. I would say my dad with his counseling degree and stuff, like he recognized a limitation to his master of divinity and got a counseling, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so I will say this. I, I am a one string banjo when it comes to therapy, which is that I'm a huge believer in it. And the more complex the issue the more you are going to need someone with a higher level of education and training in psychology. So for instance, for me, I will not, I will not see a counselor who is not a PhD psychologist. I will not. My past is too complicated. I grew up in a cult. I was sexually assaulted by my brother. I like divorce, infertility, uh, every like yeah. <laughs> chronic illness. It's complex. Like everything. Just about everything bad that a human can experience at this point, I've been through. My life is very complicated. Does that mean I live a sad, tragic life? No. But if I want to sit down and dig through that shit, like- It's not
1: what someone's <laughs> got a, you know, in their first year of- Yeah,
0: they've got a, a master, an MA in counseling. Like, they ain't going to cut it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's no shade on them. It's just they don't have enough trips around the sun. They don't have enough time in a classroom. They don't have enough time, like- Pro, well, the cool thing about getting a PhD is, like, the amount of, you know, advisement and mentoring and, and clinical hours and all that kind of stuff. So, like, to get a PhD in psychology, you have to put in so much more effort and have a lot more oversight and people, like, basically you honing
1: the, I mean, you. let and get deeper into the subject. Yeah,
0: and, and, and specialize deeper. and stuff like that. So, I would say if you're like, I want to improve communication – that is a worthy cause. Yeah, an MA in counseling is probably going to be a totally fine fit for you. If you're like, well, fuck, I grew up in a cult and I was raped by a family member and like they all disowned me. And, and like you need a PhD psychologist. <laughs> like you need someone who has the experience to help you untangle that wad of yarn. Mm-hmm. And that is my, my soapbox I like this soapbox. I will stand on this soapbox forever. I will be here all week.
1: (laughs) So are there any other Bill teachings on therapy we need to touch on? Oh,
0: gosh. Probably. This is where I ran out of of emotional battery. Mm -hmm. That was one, two, three, four. I got five pages of my notes into my research and, and completely flatlined. And then I was really mad, and you got to experience that um, for a minute there while I remembered who so, I am and am not. <laughs>
1: so we touched on Bill's ideology around yeah. therapy, your parents'
0: ideology. Uh, well, Rick was more complicated. Okay. So he has a bachelor's degree in psychology. I think he studied out in California, and like, he would have been the 70s, mid to late 70s Is when he would have been in college. And for his internship, there was, I mean, this is tragic, this is horrible, and this goes to show that it's not just cults and churches that fuck up responding to sexual assault, but there was a little boy who'd been sexually assaulted and his treatment was shock therapy and Rick's job was to hold this little boy down for his shock therapy. Rick's 6'3", you know, so they gave the big burly kid the job of restraining this kid through his shock therapy. And that, reasonably scarred Rick for life and was part of why I think he bought so heavily into Bill's ideology that all therapy is bad. Okay. So it was, it was extremes. Like, I don't agree with, like, I am heartbroken for that little boy. I'm, I'm, I think I can even honestly say like, I'm heartbroken for Rick that he I mean, it sounds like there was a
1: legitimate.
0: And felt complicit in harming this kid. Yeah. I mean,
1: he had a legitimate, Fear or Mm -hmm. something that drove him away from Mm -hmm. wanting to Mm -hmm. be a part of that.
0: But that is not the only brand of therapy for sexual He just had a bad
1: introduction to it.
0: Yeah. So that – I think that very much influenced – I think even some of his decisions about me. He did tell me later that, you know, as part of the not wanting to smear the family name, like he didn't even consider other options other than I would be shocked. (laughs) You know, like – a lot, a lot of time had gone by mm-hmm. and psychology had advanced and practices had advanced and we weren't in California and um there he acknowledged that there were other options and he just chose not to pursue any of them so that the family name wouldn't be smeared and Andy wouldn't go to jail.
1: So I mean that all of that is very complicated.
0: Yeah. Like, there's a lot of PhD psychologists, see? This is why <laughs> he needs someone who can handle complexity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the older I get, the more compassion I have for how complex that was as a parent. I still think Rick fucked it up mm. in the moment. I think I have more compassion for that now where um, I still just won't let him off the hook is, you know, 20 years passed, 20 years passed. And I was able to powerfully advocate for what I needed from him as a parent, from the family. Um And he still chose to make me the problem. Like, it was my fault, my bitterness, my whatever, that I wasn't over it. And I kept bringing it up Mm. so selfishly. And and then he, like, aggressively supported Andy instead of supporting me in accountability. Yeah. So, yeah, I can have a lot of compassion around – the rick that was my father when i was a child and he was first finding out about it based solely on you know what i know he believed at the time and what i know of his experiences in college as an intern what i what i don't have compassion for is is how he continued to just bury his head in the sand um when i gained adulthood and
1: yeah i mean there's a reasonable yeah. expectation that he would have Figured it out or put some more effort into it or worked through that so that he could, you know. Take care
0: of his little girl. Yeah,
1: be there for his kid. Yeah. All of them.
0: Yeah, well, I'm still not convinced I was the only victim, so.
1: Yeah. So, was your, your, was Chris at all? Like, was she... Oh, that's any so funny because you were
0: just – I was just thinking as you asked it, like, gosh, I never really talk about Chris. It's because she was a non-factor. <laughs> I mean, that's like, usually the – Like, she was such a non-factor. Like, first of all, she was so zoned out, which, I mean, could have been postpartum, could have been a lot of things. Um, But she continued to be that, you mm-hmm. know, into adulthood. And
1: I mean, I kind of feel like every time I ask that question, that's what I'm going to get is, like, well, she was – she was out of it and she numbed out or she just wasn't part of it. But I, I feel like I need to ask and maybe one time you'll surprise
0: me. I just kind of wrote her off very young. Yeah. So when you ask like, well, what did Chris were like, dude, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. She was just like the screaming maniac in the background.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know that we've really talked about this on the podcast, but like, I know, you know, from being with you that like, you were actually more connected to Rick or felt a stronger connection yeah. to him. Yeah. And that like.
0: Like losing Chris did almost nothing to me emotionally. Yeah. When when Rick sided with Andy and, you know, basically cut me out, um, I was devastated for years at that. And, and the day I realized like, wow, Rick isn't really a great person. Like he's not really a good person. I mean, that was one of the hardest realizations and moments in my life. And like, like I said, I've had a complex life. There's been a lot of heartache and sorrow. And the day I had to acknowledge to myself that my dad wasn't a good person and that he didn't actually love me in any meaningful way, like, I don't know if I'll ever forget in this life what that felt like. That that was one of the worst moments of my life.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a big realization. That's a big pill to swallow, if you mm-hmm. want to say it that way. Um, especially for someone you actually felt for. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and I just, I, oh God. I didn't care what Chris thought of me. I wanted Rick to like me. I wanted him mm-hmm. to be proud of me. I wanted him to... To think I had done well
1: mm-hmm. in life. Yeah, and I we have touched on this a little bit, like their their attempts to reach out have been
0: <laughs>
1: almost nothing. And mm-hmm. you've told the story of the last time you met them mm-hmm. and like still nothing has happened since then. No. Like the there's no there's been no growth there. Yeah. There's been no attempts to reconcile. There's been no you know, I mean, I I'm sure that makes it hard.
0: Mm -hmm. It does. And I mean, I'm, I'm speaking of therapy still in therapy and I still like, I think I've shared this in previous episodes. I I'll get real fired up about like what Bill Gothard says about sexual assault. But when it comes to like my own experiences, that is a very healed piece of me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I worked very hard on that, you know, for a long time. And I I am so grateful to the folks, like I think of the psychologists who have helped me with that kind of like as, as guides, like from the universe to to help me. That was the universe catching me. And and we we worked really hard on all of that stuff. Um and I, I have another person, I feel like another psychologist, I feel like the universe sent to catch me. And I, with her, I have talked about Rick and Chris. Um, I haven't done all of that work yet, but I've brought it up. And that's, you know, that's big and it's a start, it's a step. And just working through all of the ways having such negative parents impacted me and then the ways it still impacts me that are either conscious or subconscious. I don't believe in blaming parents and stuff for everything in adulthood. I do think that the people who hurt us, like, yes, that was their fault. They they perpetrated that harm. Um, but as adults, I personally believe it's on us to take responsibility for that pain and heal it so that we do not create more hurt in the world. And I do like Kyle lives with me. He knows like I still have moments where I'm like, fuck, that was Chris. That like Chris just came out of my body <laughs> and that is not who I want to be. It's not pretty. That's not <laughs> my, that's not my, that's not me. I I do not choose to be her. Um, And, and so I, I work hard on that. And I think that therapy is such a critical part of, you know, generational healing, because it wasn't just like Chris woke up one day and was that way. Like her parents had their issues and Mm. they were good people in my life. (laughs) By the time, you know, I came along, I'm sure they had um, mellowed and everyone's better with grandkids than they are with their kids, or so I'm told. But I do think that there is a I think that generational trauma is real. Mm-hmm. I think that breaking generational cycles is real. And I am bound and determined that at least in my life, whether or not we have kids, whatever happens with that, like, it ends here. Like, I won't be like the people I biologically came from. And I I don't think that's something I could do alone and so having these psychologists, counselors, therapists, guides, that has been a really crucial part of my life story. It continues to be that. I think it will be for the foreseeable future. And yeah, I'm I'm very pro-therapy. <laughs> Didn't work, Bill. <laughs> I like my therapists. <laughs>
1: All right, so I think that covers everything you wanted to hit on as far as therapy goes and therapy in the cult and Bill's twisted teachings <sighs> and how that impacted people and what kind of therapy you did and didn't get in the cult um, and the overall harm that's done and you know what other people might be dealing with because they've... Mm-hmm gotten the same poor advice oh
0: i have to say one more thing about therapy this is my other soapbox and i've said it before i'll say it again i'll keep saying it till i die the first therapist might not be the fit you need or the second or the third or the fourth like if there is something inside you that is crying out to be healed and you know it's there like tenaciously search for the right environment in which to do your healing work and I think I've told this story before, like I have literally walked out in the middle of a first session because the person was so not qualified and they like, they were being like, that dude was just being such a jerk. And I just told him, I called him on it and I was like, I don't feel safe here. I will not be working with you. Thank you. Goodbye. And I, I got up and I walked my ass out of there and you can do that. Like that is allowed. You are allowed. If it is not a good fit, you move right along. And I know it's hard and I know it's scary and boundaries are, are terrifying especially when you're new to them have the boundary protect yourself in that way give yourself permission to keep looking until you find the right environment to do your healing work
1: and I, one of the things i found very interesting about your story it was very shocking to me is that you actually went to a male psychiatrist
0: psychologist psychologist
1: yeah for your, like when you were processing all the sexual assault stuff. Um, And I just thought that was very counterintuitive to me. I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, And I think just in the spirit of equality and fairness that like, don't rule out the opposite gender for quality care for especially sex related crimes. Like, I mean, obviously see whoever you want to see, but like you, you, I was Wabble. very safe
0: there and that was terrifying at the time but what I wanted was a healing environment where I felt safe and could do good work and there mm-hmm. was something about him where I was like this I will be safe and I can do good work here and I was I made a very brave step and I scheduled an appointment and his wife this this is the funny thing his wife worked at the same clinic and was also accepting patients and also took my insurance and as i read through her bio like there just wasn't that like cosmic this is this is the way mm-hmm. uh, but when i read through his i was like this scares me this shocks me can't believe i'm doing this have never talked to a man about this but here we go and that's where i had to do the most graphic work of my healing journey it i mean it was brutal it was Um, not in any way inappropriate, but to, to get through all of my fears, it was like verbally explicit and graphic about what I had experienced and what was done to me during the sexual assault. And I did that with a male psychologist and I'm still like, go me impressed to this day because I was very new out of the cult Mm -hmm. when I did that. And you know, that's a huge, like, you don't, you don't talk about such things with the opposite gender. Like, fuck that. Find a place where you are safe and can do good healing work and don't roll out people of a gender with which you do not identify.
1: All right. Well, that wraps up our episode on therapy is sin. We will dun, be dun, back dun. next Monday. Thanks for listening to another episode of the cult I left behind.
0: Until next time, don't join a cult.
1: If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe, and we will catch you on the next episode.